I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading the book of Joel. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. Let's begin with our introduction to the book. Theories about the date of the writing of the book of Joel vary from the 9th century B.C. all the way down to the 2nd century B.C. There's no king mentioned in this book to give us a reference point. Some have suggested that because the priests seemed to be in the lead rather than a king, it must belong to the period after the exiles returned to their land in the late 6th century. That's when the priests were the de facto leaders of the people. There's no lineage given to Joel that might help us find an absolute century for him. You'll see from my comments in chapter 2 that I favor the way the prophecy seems to fit into the events surrounding the unsuccessful siege of Jerusalem in 701 B.C. by the Assyrians. You can read about that in 2 Kings chapter 18 and 2 Chronicles chapter 32 and also Isaiah chapter 36. So we begin with locusts, lots and lots of locusts in Joel chapter 1. Verse 1, The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Hear this, you elders, and give ear, all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days? Or even in the days of your fathers? Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children, and their children another generation. What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. Awake, you drunkards, and weep, and wail, all you drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it has been cut off from your mouth. For a nation has come up against my land, strong and without number. His teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he has the fangs of a fierce lion. He has laid waste my vine and ruined my fig tree. He has stripped it bare and thrown it away. Its branches are made white, lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth." The grain offering and the drink offering have been cut off from the house of the Lord. The priest mourn who minister to the Lord. The field is wasted, the land mourns, for the grain is ruined, the new wine is dried up. The oil fails. Be ashamed, you farmers, wail, you vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. The vine is dried up, and the fig tree has withered, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also. And the apple tree, all the trees of the field are withered. Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. Well, something terrible has happened in Israel that prompts Joel to write the words of this prophecy. These verses talk about a terrible invasion of locusts on the land, as described in verse 4. It says, What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust is eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust is eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust is eaten. Well, they ate everything. The fact that four different Hebrew words are used in verse 4 to describe these locusts is probably to emphasize their thoroughness and the devastation left behind. It's interesting to remember that God sent locusts as one of the steps leading up to the release of Israel from Egyptian captivity. 
Furthermore, just prior to Israel's entry into Canaan in Deuteronomy chapter 28, we see Moses issuing a decree to Israel that rebellion will lead to curses upon Israel, including locust, which, by the way, is the grasshopper's cousins. In Second Chronicles 7.13, God, speaking to Solomon at the time of the temple dedication, includes locust as a potential judgment of God if Israel ceases to serve the one true God. Their massive numbers in these periodic swarms that engulfed the whole region gave locusts a reputation, a bad reputation, as we see in incidental references to them in Judges chapter 6, verse 5, chapter 7, verse 12, and Jeremiah chapter 46, verse 23. In those passages, we see their reference regarding soldiers that were too many to number like a swarm of locusts. Having passed through, it was common that all crops in the land would have been destroyed. This phenomenon, by the way, still occurs from time to time in that region today. In November-December time frame of 2004, the inhabitants of that region, including the southern portion of Israel, were once again fighting massive swarms of locusts. In chapter 1, verses 13 through 20, Joel calls for national repentance. Verse 13, Gird yourselves and lament, you priests. Wail, you minister before the altar. Come, lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God. For the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God, and cry out to the Lord. Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty." Is not the food cut off before our eyes, join gladness from the house of our God? The seed shrivels under the clod, storehouses are in shambles, barns are broken down, for the grain is withered. How the animals groan, the herds of cattle are restless, because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep suffer punishment. O Lord, to you I cry out, for fire has devoured the open pastures, and a flame has burned all the trees of the field. The beasts of the field also cry out to you, for the water brooks are dried up, and fire has devoured the open pastures. Well, Joel directs the priest in verse 13 to call for a sacred assembly in verse 14, which is to consist of the elders and all the inhabitants of the land. You'll notice that no king is mentioned here. That has caused some people to believe that this call by Joel must have taken place when there was no king on the throne, like after the exiles returned to the land. However, the warning of verse 15 says, Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty. Now that day of the Lord commonly referenced one of two events by the prophets in the Old Testament. It was either the destruction by the Assyrians in the 8th century B.C. or the destruction by the Babylonians in the 7th century. We'll talk about that in more detail when we get down to chapter 2. But here's the bottom line. The land is experiencing a national crisis as a result of the locusts that have just passed through. Likewise, the nation needs to repent in order to avoid a greater chastisement from God. But in chapter 2, Joel warns of a bigger judgment. Chapter 2, verse 1. Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand." A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like the morning clouds spread over the mountains. A people come, great and strong, the like of whom has never been, nor will there ever be any such after them, even for many successive generations. 
A fire devours them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them, and behind them a desolate wilderness. Surely nothing shall escape them. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses, and like swift steeds, so they run. With a noise like chariots over the mountaintops they leap, like the noise of a flaming fire that devours the stubble. Like a strong people set in battle array, before them the people writhe in pain. All faces are drained of color, they run like mighty men, they climb the wall like men of war. Everyone marches in formation, and they do not break ranks. They do not push one another, everyone marches in his own column. Though they lunge between the weapons, they are not cut down. They run to and fro in the city, they run on the wall, they climb into the houses, they enter at the windows like a thief. The earth quakes before them, the heavens tremble, the sun and moon grow dark, and the stars diminish their brightness. The Lord gives voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for strong is the one who executes his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, who can endure it? Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes, let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priest who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach, that the nations should rule over them. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. But I will remove far from you the northern army, and will drive him away into a barren and desolate land, with his face toward the eastern sea and his back toward the western sea. His stench will come up, and his foul odor will rise, because he has done monstrous things. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid, you beast of the field, for the open pastures are springing up, and the tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad, then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be put to shame." Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Well, you think this is bad, I mean the locust. Well, hang on for an even greater judgment of God on his people. 
If Joel prophesied between the fall of Israel in 721 B.C. and the fall of Jerusalem in 586 B.C., then this coming judgment could be a reference to another wave of the Assyrian army or perhaps even the Babylonian army. Whatever the coming judgment, it was likened to the army of locust in chapter 1. You'll recall that at the demise of the northern kingdom, Jerusalem, also known as Zion, was surrounded by the Assyrian army and all food and supplies were cut off from the city. Famine was prevalent in Jerusalem because of this. It would make sense to assign this prophecy to that period, likening the massive Assyrian army to the locust plague of chapter 1. There's a call for repentance here to avert this judgment. You'll recall that, in fact, Jerusalem was spared from the Assyrian army miraculously. I like the way this passage seems to fit here in this time period. Verse 20 could have had reference to the retreat of the Assyrian army, the northern army, after God miraculously killed 185,000 troops who had Jerusalem surrounded in 701 B.C. The historical record is found in 2 Kings chapter 18, 2 Chronicles chapter 32, and Isaiah chapters 36 and 37. Hezekiah did turn to God for deliverance from the Assyrian army, as Joel proclaims, must be done if deliverance is to be possible. You know, Joel's prophecy just fits very nicely here during this era. Then back to the future in verses 28 to 32 of chapter 2. Verse 28, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maidservants I will pour out my Spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Whatever the time period of the immediate crisis, Joel takes his prophetic word to a yet future period of restoration for Israel, beginning in verse 28. Now Peter takes off on this passage in Acts chapter 2, verse 16, on the day of Pentecost. He sees the miraculous events of that day as a presentation of the kingdom of God to Israel once again for their acceptance. However, while many Jews were saved that day, as a whole, the Jews rejected the gospel message he preached in Acts chapter 2. The events seen here in Joel chapter 2, beginning with verse 28 down through chapter 3, verse 21, well, they weren't fulfilled at that time after the day of Pentecost. As a matter of fact, Note the similarity of Joel chapter 2, verse 31, with Revelation chapter 6, verse 12. Revelation 6, 12 says, I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. The happenings are actually identical. Those events will actually take place during the tribulation, very near the midpoint of that period. So while Joel's prophecy is not really to be fulfilled until the days leading up to the second coming of Jesus at the end of the tribulation, the internalization of God's Spirit in believers is the aspect of the new covenant that Peter emphasizes in Acts chapter 2. In fact, since Peter and Paul made references in their writings with regard to the imminent return of Jesus, Peter was probably anticipating these cataclysmic tribulation events mentioned in Revelation chapter 6, he probably thought they'd happen in his lifetime. 
Then in chapter 3 of Joel, we read about Israel's restoration, verse 1. For behold, in those days and at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there, on account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, they have also divided up my land. They have cast lots for my people, have given a boy as payment for a harlot, and sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Indeed, what have you to do with me, O Tyre and Sidon and all the coast of Philistia? Will you retaliate against me? But if you retaliate against me swiftly and speedily, I will return your retaliation upon your own head." because you have taken my silver and my gold and have carried into your temples my prized possessions. And the people of Judah and the people of Jerusalem you have sold to the Greeks, that you may remove them far from their borders. Behold, I will raise them out of the place to which you have sold them, and will return your retaliation upon your own head. I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabians, to a people far off, for the Lord has spoken." Proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble and come, all you nations, and gather together all around. Cause your mighty ones to go down there, O Lord. Let the nations be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations." Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, go down, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon will grow dark, and the stars will diminish their brightness. The Lord also will roar from Zion and utter His voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and earth will shake, but the Lord will be a shelter for His people." and the strength of the children of Israel, so you shall know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then Jerusalem shall be holy, and no aliens shall ever pass through her again. And it will come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drip with new wine, the hills shall flow with milk, and all the brooks of Judah shall be flooded with water. A fountain shall flow from the house of the Lord, and water the valley of Acacia's. Egypt shall be a desolation, and Edom a desolate wilderness, because of violence against the people of Judah. They have shed innocent blood in their land, but Judah shall abide forever in Jerusalem from generation to generation. For I will acquit them of the guilt of bloodshed whom I had not acquitted, for the Lord dwells in Zion. The prophetic events of chapter 3 must be assigned to the judgment of the battle of Armageddon at the end of the tribulation, and the restoration of Israel at the beginning of the millennium. The wording regarding Jerusalem in verses 20 and 21 cannot plausibly be fulfilled in any other way. We see the judgment of the nations which Christ addressed in Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46 in that passage as well. Israel will be restored in Joel's prophecy, just as will take place immediately following the battle of Armageddon, recorded in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 to 21, That's leading into the millennium where Joel's prophecy will find complete fulfillment. Notice the river in verse 18. It extends from the millennium temple all the way to the Dead Sea through the valley of Acacias. Ezekiel also mentioned this river 
in Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 1 through 12. Incidentally, Palestine in verse 4 in the King James Version, it's Philistia in the New King James Version, it's translated from the Hebrew word plesheth and should be understood always as Philistines. The King James Version also translates this word as Palestina in Exodus chapter 15, verse 14, and Isaiah chapter 14, verses 29 and 31. In the other four usages in the King James Version, all found in Psalms, Psalms 68, 83-7, 87-4, 108-9, the word there is appropriately translated Philistines or Philistia. The actual name of Palestine to describe the region of today's Israel was a late designation of the second century ascribed to it by the Romans. It was an attempt to prevent the Jews from laying claim to the land after the Bar Kokhba revolt of the early second century A.D., Today, Palestine is still used as a universally accepted designation for the whole region of the Holy Land, which is deemed to be politically correct in that it conveys no God-given rights of ownership to the Jewish people. Now, you'll pardon me if I continue to refer to that region as the Holy Land. During the millennium, that designation will be indisputable. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.